All right, so here we are with it yet another again. Hmm. Here we are with yet another English cup and coffee. <laughs> oh my gosh, let me get this right. Here we go. Here we are yet again with another podcast of English coffee. <laughs> oh, it's going to be one of those nights I see. Here we are, back at it again with another episode of English and Coffee. I'm your wonderful host, Demion, and I'm going to take you on a wonderful journey of caffeinated conversation. Today's sip of choice is a McFrapp from McDonald's, just polished off a McChicken and a McCheese, so I'd say we're... um, ready to go we're gonna get it in gear hope you got your cup i've got mine let's go so we're just going to go ahead and jump right into it uh today's topic is going to be emotional baggage what is emotional baggage baggage is something that people carry into relationships they carry it to jobs carry it to work carry it home from work carry it to the daycare carry it to the doctor Baggage is that emotional drama that you keep, the uh, bad experiences that you bring from one situation into another. That is emotional baggage. You probably have seen it if you've ever been in a relationship with someone that continues to talk about their ex. You're dating, excuse me, you're dating them and all they do is talk about, well, my old boyfriend used to do that, or my old girlfriend used to do that, or my ex-wife did this, or my ex-husband did that. Emotional baggage. Nobody wants to hear that. You need to handle that. Clear the closet. Get rid of it. Because see, what happens is people that aren't able to successfully break away from a relationship or successfully rid themselves of that emotional baggage from a previous relationship or previous encounter, they, they bring it into the next relationship and then they put it on the new person. You know, they bring this whole, you know, if they're they're scared or they're hurt or they've been destroyed, you know, like um, the person left them hanging high and dry, and then they, they think the other person's going to do that, so they don't go into the relationship with an open mind. They go in there with reservations, guarded, as you will, guarded. You know, they keep their... <laughs> that just reminded me of this funny meme that I had saw on the internet when I would say guard, but whatever. It's like, you know, we got the caffeine going. But anyway, yeah, they they have the, their guard up. So everything you say, anytime you question them, they're going to be on the defensive. You've seen it. I mean, maybe maybe you've been that person. You know, just have your guard up, worried that you're going to get cheated on, worried that somebody's going to lie, you don't trust anyone. You got that baggage, you know. You, you got to rid yourself of that. There's no way you can be in a, a new relationship, a good relationship, healthy and positive. If you have all that baggage, I mean, it just weighs you down. Then it'll weigh the person down. Sometimes people will try to deal with it, but most of the time it'll just fatigue the relationship. Nobody's got time for that. How can you grow if you're holding it down? You know? There's no room to grow. And then if you have emotional baggage and the person you're getting in a relationship with has emotional baggage, I mean, you could just forget it. You can be sitting on this side of the couch, she's going to be sitting on this side of the couch. Nobody's going to be saying anything to each other that they want to hear. So it's just going to be arguments, 
the conversation breaks down, the situation's over. Call it. Call the coroner, you know? It's over. So, emotional baggage. So we know what it is, and we know how it affects relationships. But how does it affect other things? Well, emotional uh, baggage, like I said, could be something that you bring from a relationship, but you could also have emotional baggage from work, you know, a job. So let's say um, you get fired. Let's say you've been working tireless hours, you know, 16 hours, long days, long days, days longer than people would even dream of working. You've been working 16-hour days, and you're, you know, busting your butt, not going home, not taking care of yourself, not eating, not sleeping. You know, your mind is just done. And one day you go in, ask for a raise. You're like, hey, you know, I've been working long hours and doing everything I can to help the company. And you're like, uh, can I get a raise? And they say, uh, well, I'll tell you what, I'll do you one better. Um, here's your retirement. You can go. You just got fired. You just got let go. Of course, you get your retirement, but it's not the money that you were expecting. It's not the money you were used to making. It's only a little portion of what you put into the company. So now you have this emotional baggage. So you're like, man, I gave the company all my years, all my sweat. Nobody told you to do that. But you're like, I gave them all my time. And then they just let you go. They drop you like a bad habit. They don't care. They're making money. They used you. But that's what jobs do. But so let's say you you go home, you know, you lick your chops and you're like, all right, well, I'm going to try to get back out here and get another job. So you go to the next job. But now you're not working as hard. Now you're not putting 110% in because you're like, what's the point? Because they're just going to let me go because you have this emotional hang up. You've been scarred. So now you go into your new job with the same baggage that you had in your last one. You're like, well, they're like, hey, we need you to stay an extra hour. You're like, nope, not working. So now you're you're half performing. Your, your performance is down. You're just not rising to that level. You know, your your peak performance. You're not, you're not giving them your best because you have that emotional baggage. It's all around. And the reason I'm talking about this today is because, like I said, uh, I always got to pull from whatever's around me. Uh, this week, my clients had a lot of emotional baggage. Um, people were crying. You know, going through things. I mean, winter is just a tough time of the year. Most people, if they're lucky, they'll survive. But winter is just one of those times where it's the weather, you know, so people got to stay home or people go out. It's cold. People don't want to be bothered. And then if you're warm somewhere with people that you don't get along with, it could just make for a bad time. This is one of the worst times of the year. I think this is one of the, uh, this time of the year is one of the high, has the highest rate of suicide. A lot of people take themselves out during this time of year because, I mean, they remember lost loved ones, you know. I don't know what it is, but, I mean, it seems like grandmas and uncles and family members and all that want to die around the holidays, you know, on somebody's birthday. It's like, don't die on somebody's birthday. Don't don't die on Christmas. You know, don't die on Thanksgiving. I mean, they can't help it, but it just puts a shadow, you know, casts this big, ominous shadow over a joyous holiday. Like, if you're, if somebody close to you passed away, I hope they didn't, but somebody close to you passed away on a holiday, how are you going to celebrate? Like, every year, instead of celebrating, you're going to remember what happened. You know, or if something traumatic happened to you, 
on a holiday. I mean, it just it just ruins the day every year. So this time of year, uh, a lot of my people just go into this deep hole of depression. It just grabs them and just takes them down like 13 feet deep. I mean, there's no coming out. There's no coming out till the sun comes back out. You know, till the sun goes up, it's over. And they're just dredging, you know, just trudging along, trying to get through it. I'm pulling them through it. People are pushing them through it. It's tough. But, you know, that's that emotional baggage. But we're going to take a short break. And we'll be right back. I don't know what it is, but this big frap is not frapping. You know, it's not it's not frapping the way I need it to right now. It's it's basically like iced milk or something. I mean, it has all the the fudge, but it's like it's at the top of the cup. I mean, it had the whipped cream. I mean, I've mixed everything in, and it's just not. It's not giving me that that mouthful, you know, that that taste, that film. I'm not I'm not getting it. It's just like iced milk or something. I don't know, maybe it's cuz I ate that little burn up McChicken they had and McCheese. Anyway, let's see what else is going on. Movies. I haven't even been keeping up with the movies. I used to watch movies all the time. I know my sister's coming. She'll be here next week. And she'll probably um, drag me to a movie. Go out there, get the big popcorn. We always go to the movies. We always get the big popcorn, get the big Coke, sit back, have a laugh, enjoy the movie. That's what we used to do all the time when she was here. But since she left, I mean, I haven't been going to the movies. Um... I was just kind of like our thing. I mean, I've just been fishing, grinding. You know what I do. Tell you guys every week what's going on with me. But um, so sister's coming. Should be an interesting time. I'll have to drive to Raleigh. Hate driving to Raleigh. Um, Raleigh's just one of those cities. I'm I'm not somebody that likes to drive around in the big city. You know, they have cities bigger than Raleigh. But for me, no, it's just too much going on. You know, they have all these, uh, I don't even know what you call like a, a, a belt. You have an inner belt and an outer belt line. You know, things just go round and round. Speed limit's 35 and people are going around there 60, 70 miles an hour. And you're trying to figure out which one's your exit. It's, it's just a nasty time. But I've got to go up there Thursday, I believe, pick her up from the airport. I think she gets here about 6, probably about 7. It'll be pitch black outside, Raleigh traffic, holiday traffic. I'm going to have to go to the airport, pick her up, which is cool, but I'm just not thrilled about the drive. I mean, the drive sucks. I hate to drive. Then you got to drive back. It's like two hours there, two hours back. It, it, it kills me. It kills me. But hopefully everything goes well. We make it back, and now we get on some uh, fishing. Probably Saturday, probably go out, do a little something. Uh, let her get situated, you know, Friday. Well, Thursday night she'll come in, get rested up Friday, go out Saturday, do some fishing. And then next week, I believe, I'm going to have a um, Christmas break. <laughs> so that's good. We get two days. You get Christmas Eve and you get Christmas. Then you go back to work. Crazy. Other places, you know, they take the whole freaking two weeks off. You know, take two weeks off. You know, don't come back to the new year. I remember I had a job. We would uh, follow the school schedule. So Thanksgiving, I think kids get like two or three days for that. Christmas, they shut down. They don't open till after the New Year. I mean, yeah, that was when I worked at a factory. I used to love that, enjoy that. And then you could just take your vacation time, you know, get paid for it, just sit back, 
And then if you didn't take it, then you could just cash it in, you know, and get like two checks in one day. But uh, with this company, I mean, they'll work you to the bone. I don't even say they'll work you to the bone. I think it's just you work when you want to work. I mean, I've got, I don't know, 200 hours I can take. But, I mean, when you're dealing with people, how do you take 200 hours? I mean, 200 hours, it's like a week. Anything can happen. I mean, anything can happen from 30 minutes to an hour with my people. Every week I come in, I got to look at the jail bookings and see who got locked up. You know, and then if people disappear, I got to, you know, call the hospital and see who's in there. You know, who's in behavioral health or who got messed up or who messed somebody up. I mean, that's just what my job is. But I guess that would be a form of emotional baggage. You know, working in healthcare, you can't help but collect people. That's what I say. I collect people. Every one of my clients, I haven't forgotten any of them. You carry them. I mean, you you work with these people. You're into their lives. You're in their house. You're talking to their parents. You're talking to their siblings. You're talking to their wives, their husbands. And you're observing, you know, how they live. And you're just spending hours observing them. You know, giving them feedback, giving them feedback. You know, it's person-centered, giving them feedback. They're asking you, what do I do? What should I do? What, what, what can I do? You're giving them advice. You're guiding them, you know, coaching them through life, getting through tough, getting them through tough situations, tough times. Sometimes it's a year. Sometimes it's more than a year. Sometimes a couple months, a couple weeks. But each person you help, I mean, you don't just forget people. So you carry that that baggage I guess you kind of pick up their struggles and, and carry them on because you know they're sitting there struggling so you pick up their stuff and help them do it you solve their problems you know at the end of the day then your your brain is is, is worn out you know you got to go home and recharge and then while you're helping them you know you forget about little things that you got to do for yourself but I mean that's just what comes with health care I mean you're talking doctors you're talking nurses you're talking therapist, you're talking psychologist, uh, psychiatrist, uh, you're talking anybody that's dealing with people, counsel, counselors, social workers, DSS, social security, all those, all people that work in those government jobs and jobs dealing with people. Yeah, you, you're helping people. So you're going to take on their emotional baggage. Somebody comes in weighing down, you know, they're just heavy loaded, got a lot on them. You got to pick it up off of them, but I mean, sometimes some of it gets on your shoes. You know, you take your shoes off at the door, but I mean, you still had to carry it. So you become emotionally drained. So, yeah, you have emotional baggage, and then you can have an emotional drain. That could be where you see somebody, let's say something bad happens. Um, Somebody gets hit, whatever. It's a reason to cry, right? It's a reason to cry, but the person doesn't cry. They say, I just can't cry anymore. I don't have any tears. So they're emotionally drained. You know, or somebody um, normally if a loud noise or somebody pushed them or whatever, they would get angry. They don't get angry. They're just like, I don't even have the energy for it anymore to get angry. You know, they could be emotionally drained. Then you could also be emotionally withdrawn. So you probably see this more in a family, you know, the family dynamics where Let's say the dad, we'll just use the dad, for example. Um, You know, the mom's all taking care of the kids, doing everything. And then let's just say little Timmy breaks his leg. He's skateboarding and he breaks his leg. Dad's indifferent to the whole thing. He doesn't care one way or the other. You know, mom's freaking out. Oh, my God, he broke his leg. Dad's just like looking at the leg. 
looking at the mom, looking at the leg, looking at the mom, looking at the leg, right? And he's like, okay, well, let's take the boy to the hospital. Cold. That's what she says. Cold. You're cold. How are you so cold? It's your kid. He broke his leg. Okay, so we'll take him to the doctor, get it fixed. Emotionally withdrawn, not emotionally connected. Sometimes it's best to be a little withdrawn, a little detached, but at times you got to at least put on that you're, you're there. Some people are just very emotional. You know, I'm not going to say unstable, not going to say neurotic, but some people are. Um, other people handle things differently. They respond differently. I know sometimes I've heard in the past... Uh, that I've been cold. I wouldn't say that I I was cold. I just say I was truthful, <laughs> telling the truth. You know, if you have somebody tell you they love you, and you don't love them, I mean, there's no need to lie and be like, "Oh, I love you too." You don't. They say you love. They say I love you. You say, "Okay, cool." They're like, "Aren't you going to say anything back?" Well, what do you want me to say? I don't love you. Well, I've said just that, exactly that. Um. You see people's face, like if you ever took a, a mirror or something and just shattered it with a hammer, it cracks. And it's like, what are you getting upset about? You know, like like they feel you're supposed to feel how they feel. No, you feel how you feel, they feel how they feel. I mean, that's how life works. But, I mean, that's, I guess that's an apple of a different color. Okay, now, now this frap is trying trying to cooperate with me trying to act like it wants to be a frap i guess i just had to let it sit and melt a bit let me see mm -hmm. there it is there's that frap i was talking about Mm-hmm. i was wondering where it went so what are you guys up to it's kind of quiet out there need some feedback what you guys got going on man they just cut the lights out i've been sitting here talking doing my podcast and they just cut the lights out in the uh in the mcdonald's that's crazy it must be 12 o'clock well it's one o'clock that's wild literally sitting here with all the freaking lights and then they just cut them off this is supposed to be a 24-hour location wow that's crazy well we're gonna go ahead and take a short break and then i guess we'll We'll um, close it out. So as I'm sitting here recording this last section, finishing off my frap in the dark, actually sitting in the dark, I mean, they really cut the lights off. Why would they cut the lights off? This is a 24-hour location. That's crazy. Mm. I just want to leave you guys with some thoughts, something to think about. Okay, so as we come up to the new year, New Year for a lot of people represents a new start, a fresh start, a time for a new beginning. It's when you put the old things behind, move forward into the new year. 2020, right around the corner. Um, I've got a few plans. I think I've shared those with you. If I haven't, I'm sure before we get to that point, I'll go back over them. But I encourage you to... Um, Get at least one or two goals, one or two things that you want to accomplish in the new year. You know, look back over the year, see what you got done, look at your list if you made one, see where you were, see where you fell short, see where you succeeded, and make plans to just elevate, 
Elevate your family life. Elevate your personal life. Elevate your social life. Elevate your work. Um, things that are important to you. Um, it's, it's the only way you're going to continue to grow. If you don't have goals, you don't grow. I tell my clients that all the time. You don't have goals, you don't grow. I mean, how, how are you going to do that? You have to have something to keep moving you forward. Keep spinning the wheel. Keep perpetuating the motion. You, you need to move forward. So set a goal and achieve it. But we'll get into that a little more, I'm sure, at some point. But I hope you guys have a good one, and I'll see you in the next one.